Bloody useless help. Don't know why I even bother paying the ninny hammer. Always end up having to fetch it on myself. All right, gents. Who's thirsty? Yes! Oi! Who's breaking me glassware? <laughs> Hello there, stranger. I'll be needing a drink. And a room. All right. Here you are. No, the bottle. I'll be taking it with me. Right. Obliged. That'll be four bits per night, you hear? Now who the devil do you reckon he is? You mean you've never seen a Pinkerton man before? A Pinkerton? To investigate those ballards? That would be the one. The Lost Son, starring Bonnie Bugovich, Carter Callahan, Ethan Goff, and Josiah Robinson. Written and directed by Cole Baguette. Episode 2, The Stranger. It was strange, being back in Ballard Hall after all those years. All throughout the night, the house moaned and the old walls cracked, making sleep an elusive thing. Not that I would have found it even in silence, with everything Arthur had said to me earlier in the evening still rolling in my mind. The next morning, I heard voices coming from the dining room. Ah, Emily! Good morning. Good morning, Andrew. I did not recognize the other man in the room. He was tall and his lips thin, cruel lines. His eyes were the deadest gray I have ever seen. Emily Goodwin, meet Detective Weaver. Detective? Uh, the Pinkerton agent? Correct. You are a quick read, Miss Goodwin. Emily is an old friend, Detective. She's come to visit and arrived only yesterday. I don't suppose she would mind answering a few questions? She would not. And she can speak for herself. Right. Did you know John Ballard? It has been some years since I last saw him. But yes, I knew him. And did he strike you as an amiable man? I remember looking at Andrew. He seemed ashamed of that question. For he knew my mind. Or rather, he knew his father but whether or not he was ready to accept the truth about John Ballard, well, that was another matter entirely. I'm over here, ma'am. 
He was a difficult man, at times. A hard man, as all men can be, I suppose. Mr. Ballard, in his final hours, did your father's behavior seem erratic, threatening, perhaps? His behavior was erratic for months. But he never said anything to provoke you? Nothing to get a rise out of you? Emily is right. He was a harsh man. Calloused. But that was simply his demeanor. He was always that way, as far back as I can remember. Forgive me, detective, but I do not see the point of this line of questioning. No, it's quite all right, Emily. Let the detective conduct his investigation. Apologies, ma'am, but the circumstances dictate that I thoroughly examine all parties involved. There was something strange about this man, about the way he asked his questions, as if he knew more than he let on, or wanted Andrew to think he did. Now tell me, Mr. Weaver, is it not curious that the renowned Pinkerton Detective Agency would send an agent to investigate what is so clearly the result of an animal attack? Would not a hunter be more suitable for the task at hand? Hmm. On the contrary, Miss Goodwin, I do not see anything about this case quite so clearly. The means by which John Ballard met his unfortunate end are consistent with a series of deaths all across the countryside. Now, animals could be to blame, as you suggest, but it seems just as likely to me that these individuals were killed by a man, their bodies then mutilated to make it appear as though wild animals are responsible to throw more gullible minds off the scent. Detective, please. I don't believe Miss Goodwin wishes to discuss such morbid details before she so much as had her morning coffee. No, Andrew, I'm fine. Well then, Detective, perhaps the next body you discover, you would like the opinion of a medical professional to dispel any rumors or far-fetched notions of murder. I was under the impression the local coroner had already gone on record with his assessment. Oh, I do not doubt that Mr. Darrows fulfills his duties as a coroner admirably for a country doctor, but perhaps a more erudite opinion could be offered. And I suppose you know someone qualified in the necessary forensics to offer this more erudite opinion? You are speaking to her. A woman. Does my sex offend you, Mr. Weaver? Mm, not at all, Miss Goodwin. Just unexpected. That's Dr. Goodwin, if you please. I worked very hard for that title. Of course. And if your skills as a detective are as refined as your chauvinism, then perhaps... Emily! Enough! Yes. Yes, all right. Detective, perhaps this conversation could be resumed at a later time, when emotions have simmered a bit. Yes, well, thank you for your time, Mr. Ballard. I will be staying at the tavern in the nearby village, should you recall anything, and feel the urge to share that information. Good day, Dr. Goodwin. Honestly, Emily... The man was simply doing his job. Oh, please. The only person trying to get a rise out of you in this house, Andrew, was the good detective. If I had not spoken up, he would have gladly let you hang yourself at the loose ends of all those questions you were walking into, with both eyes wide open. I have nothing to hide, Emily. If Mr. Weaver wants to question me, let him. I did not kill my father. I never said you did. Andrew, I am worried about you. 
alone and brooding in this dark manor. I think it will do you well to get out of this old castle for a change. What do you have in mind? Let us go into town today and leave this madness behind for a few hours. Emily, I... I insist. Very well. As you wish. If only I had known what was about to transpire. Perhaps instead of going to town, I would have packed my bags and gone back to New York right then. I knew immediately it was a poor decision on my part to drag Andrew into the midst of those superstitious people. I suppose it was for my sake that Andrew forced the occasional smile, because all he received in turn were scowls and looks of cold skepticism. Oh, look here, Andrew, a blacksmith. Why, I almost forget such people exist living in New York. What is he making? A horseshoe? No. Is that? Silver. Of course. Idiots. Come along, Andrew. Let's leave these naive people to their fantasies. Look, there's Arthur. Let's go say hello. It's good to see the two of you out and about. Uh, I have missed this old town. Hello there, Smithy. I'll be taking a handful of those bullets when you finish with them. Me and mine won't be taking any chances with that beast about. Listen to that nonsense. My friends, I'm sorry. I'm not feeling very well. Arthur, would you mind showing Emily the town? A- Andrew, wait. No, I'm fine. I just need to get out of here. I'll catch you up later. At the house. That's right, Ballad. Run back to your hole. We're on to you, murderer. I should have known long before. Get out of our town. Murderer! Listen to them, Arthur. They're vultures. Go see to Andrew. I will deal with them. Now listen here, you. I started after Andrew, and that's when I noticed the detective. Standing in a nearby alley, who knows for how long, building a cigarette and watching the entire thing unfold from the shadows... He noticed me, too. Doctor. I did not stop to entertain him. I found Andrew in the sitting room, sulking beneath the portraits of his parents. Good show, Andrew. Running away. It clearly looks as though you have nothing to hide. I have nothing to hide. Then you had better start acting like it, because Mr. Weaver is watching your every move. And you are giving him every reason to suspect you and your own father's death by running from these inane people and their superstitions. What do you know of their superstitions? Oh, everything you have refused to tell me? For a man with nothing to hide, Andrew, you surely keep your share of secrets. I... I did not want to frighten you. Do you not understand? This is why our relationship ended, Andrew. This is why I left you here. Because trying to get you to open up to me was like trying to pry apart concrete. These rumors and stories I had to glean from Arthur. Arthur? Arthur told you? Yes, because he knew you would not. And because I asked him to. Lycanthropy, Andrew, this is what these people believe? And you continue to act as though there is legitimacy to it. Andrew looked at me then, and I saw it in his eyes. The hesitation, 
the fear. Oh, you cannot possibly be serious. I don't know what to believe anymore. What to think. Or to feel. I will listen to you, Andrew. But I will not stand here and entertain lunacy. These superstitions have absolutely no founding in reality. They are the products of fables and myths. You cannot deny that both of my parents met dark ends. But that does not mean you are fated to do the same. Perhaps. (laughs) Unless... Unless what? A curse. It will not matter if I leave here, Emily. Nor how far I go, or how quickly I get there. If there is truth to it, it will simply follow me. Andrew, I want you to listen to me. You are not crazy. You are not a monster. But you are on treacherous ground here. I care about you. Arthur cares about you. But you must let us care. You must kick yourself out of this mental quagmire you've worked your way into, no matter the cost. I know what the townspeople believe. And I am sure Weaver suspects me to be behind my father's death and perhaps the deaths of all those other people as well. But you... You must excuse me now, Emily. I'm afraid I feel very ill. I am a doctor, Andrew. What hurts? Please tell me. I just need to rest for a while. Andrew! Andrew! It was clear to me then. Andrew's fear. His fragile mind undone by trauma and grief. Perhaps he had started to believe those rumors himself. It was all too much. But I was determined to help him, even if he had no desire to help himself. Yeah? It is Dr. Goodwin. He looked as though he'd been asleep. In his hand was a small leather book, a journal... Old and creased. Well, I'll be damned. You're the last person I expected to see. Might I speak with you? Go ahead. In private? He dropped the journal into a drawer of the nightstand by the bed. If only I had known then how close I was to the truth. How many lives I could have saved if only I had known where to look. Well, we're alone. Speak. I feel as though I owe you an apology for my behavior this morning. I didn't take it personally. Nevertheless, I apologize. Fine. Accepted. Is that all? No. All right. I am perturbed by your insinuations regarding Andrew Ballard. Mm, I don't recall insinuating anything, ma'am. Don't play me for a fool, Mr. Weaver. I'm learning that is an impossibility. (laughs) Quite right. So, your insinuations? Look... Dr. Goodwin, I'm here to do a job. Personally, I don't care one way or the other if your beau killed his old man. I beg your pardon? You did come here to talk about Mr. Ballard, did you not? (laughs) He is not my beau, detective. And I resent the implication. You do an awful lot of resenting, don't you? Well, since you clearly appreciate directness, let me be direct. I'll say you could have fooled the hell out of me and everyone else in this backwater town. Excuse me? Staying up there in his house with him, walking through the streets on his arm like you were earlier today. Andrew and I are old friends. Nothing more. (laughs) Right. Just what were you hoping to accomplish by coming here, lady? 
Does Andrew Ballard always let his friends fight his battles for him? Hm. Or just the women? All right, Mr. Weaver. You listen to me. Andrew Ballard is a sick man, but he is not insane. And he is not a murderer. That's not what his neighbors think. Oh, I know what they think. And you do not strike me as a man given to superstition. And you don't strike me as a woman given to groveling on behalf of lesser men. How dare you! All legends tend to have some basis in truth, Dr. Goodwin. Now, I do not pretend to know what goes through the mind of Andrew Ballard, but I know a man with secrets when I see one. And that man is full of secrets. Maybe even secrets he's kept from himself. Perhaps you do not know Mr. Ballard as well as you think you do. What secrets has he kept from you, I wonder? You! I! I know what you're doing. Mm, what am I doing? You are trying to turn me. Against him. Against Andrew. <laughs> and you will not succeed. I admire strong, independent women, but I'll tell you what I think. You're a sentimental woman. That's what brought you here. Look at you. Look at your clothes. You've come from more, from money. You're educated. You have a life outside of this. Whatever reasons you've given yourself for why you came back to him, the truth is, you're sentimental. And women prone to sentimentalism often construct the strong, independent, loyal facade to hide the fact that they are very much blind to the truth, staring them in the face. I... I should be going... It's getting dark out there. Allow me to walk you back to your man. I know the way. I had made yet another mistake. I had underestimated the detective, his guile and cunning. I had the strangest feeling when I was with him, one that frightened me in ways I have never been frightened before. I did not understand it, but that fear carried me from that tavern, all the way back through the forest to Ballard Hall at a near run. I knew something was wrong the moment I entered and saw Arthur coming down the stairs. Emily! Arthur! What are you doing here? Where's Andrew? Is he all right? I came by to check in on him and, and found him unconscious at the top of the stairs. Unconscious? Uh, where is he now? It's all right. He's all right. I put him to bed. He's sleeping. Huh. You're certain? Emily, I am a doctor. Perhaps not of your caliber, but I know what I'm doing. Please trust me. Now, where were you? I thought you would be here. I went to see a man named Weaver. The Pinkerton agent? Yes. I heard he was in town. I've yet to meet him, but I know he's been asking questions about Andrew. He believes that Andrew killed his father. I went to try and deter him from that line of thinking. Did whatever you say to him work? To be honest, uh, I'm afraid I made it worse. Well, I don't suppose it matters much anyway. I could do little to assuage the people's fears. They're frightened. And they have every right to be. To them, Andrew is just the simplest one to blame. He said he was not feeling well earlier this evening and went to his room to rest. I, I should not have left him. You're sure he's just sleeping now? Yes, I am. He is weak, but physically he seems well. I intend to stay the night here anyway. I'll give him a thorough looking over when he wakes. Did he say anything to you? Briefly, when I was getting him to bed. One word. Madeline. His mother? I don't know why. Or what he meant by it. Yesterday, he told me his father spent his last days roaming through his home, talking as if to his mother's specter. Ah, uh, yes. Now that you mentioned it, that's right. I do not like this, Arthur. Neither do I. But there is not much else to do. 
At least not for tonight. We'll just have to wait and see how he's doing in the morning. Another sleepless night. Weaver's words kept slithering through my mind, coupled with my fear for Andrew's health. However, I was grateful for Arthur's company. The next morning, Arthur went in to check on Andrew. I waited until my nerves threatened to snap out of guilt for having left Andrew alone. Come ahead. Am I welcome? Of course. You're just in time, Emily. I am finished with our patient. And how are you feeling? Much better, actually. Arthur does good work. Well, you are very lucky, my friend. Had you fallen on the stairs, this story could have a very different ending. That is why I have two doctors in my company. Andrew, I, um, feel as though I should apologize. For what? I suspect that I pushed you too hard yesterday. That I made my point a little too forcefully. Think nothing of it. No, I do think you need to be out of this place. But it has to happen in your own time. And I should not have left you alone. I agree with Emily. This place holds too many dark memories for you, Andrew. It does not help your mind to be under their constant assault. Yes, well, I... Yes? Who is it? Weaver. How the devil did he... Mm, I, I did not even hear him enter. Andrew. That's all right. Please, detective, come in. Good morning, folks. Ah, we have yet to meet. Are you the coroner? That's right. Arthur Darrows. You're late, sir. You were due here days ago. Contrary to what we sell people, Mr. Darrows, we do in fact sleep. Uh Uh-huh. Well, what can we do for you? I just have a few questions for Mr. Ballard here. We never got to finish our conversation yesterday. Well, Detective, Andrew is indisposed at the moment. It's all right, Emily. Let the man talk. You're looking a little peaked, Mr. Ballard. Feeling unwell? I just grew a little faint yesterday evening, is all. I collapsed. But I found myself in the care of very good physicians. Sorry to hear that. Do you remember what happened that caused you to collapse? No, actually. No, I I don't remember anything. So you don't recall what you were feeling beforehand? No. No, I'm sorry. Look, we appreciate your questions, Detective Weaver, was it? That's right. Detective Weaver, right. Well, as Andrew's doctor, I do recommend that he get more rest before attempting to answer any more of them. It actually might help him to remember more details. Yeah, all right. Whatever you say, coroner. Mr. Weaver, I wonder if I might have a word with you. Again? Um, yes. Again. By all means. This way. Gents. It was the only way I could get him away from Andrew. The more distance I could put between them, the better. I led him outside, to the forest around Ballard Hall. Mr. Weaver, why can you not let Andrew be? Would your time not be better spent hunting the animal responsible for these attacks? All due respect, ma'am, that's exactly what I'm doing. By tormenting a sick man? Why don't you open your eyes, Dr. Goodwin? Excuse me? You can't see it, because you don't want to see it. I asked him up there what he could remember, and he said... Nothing. Nothing. Right. Now, if that statement is true, then everything that he tells you, or me, or Mr. Darrow's up there, is called into question. Is it not? You're being preposterous, Detective. Not at all, Doctor. See, if Mr. Ballard doesn't even trust himself, how on God's green earth can he trust whatever he says to us? 
And how can we trust him? I grow weary of your wild insinuations and intimations. If you have an accusation you wish to level at Andrew, then out with it. Fine enough. Is it not within the realm of possibility that Andrew Ballard followed his father out of the house the night John Ballard disappeared and killed him, came back home, went to bed, and woke up in the morning without remembering any of it? You have a wicked mind. That's what they pay me for, ma'am. You're the doctor here, right? Is it not possible? Is not what you just heard up there from his own mouth proof that it is at least possible? I... Is it not possible? It is possible. Then this makes Andrew Ballard at best unreliable. At worst, it makes him a liar. No. No. I refuse to believe that Andrew is a murderer. He is a man I... A man you what? A man I once loved. And that is what blinds you here. You can't see the lie for the truth. Craven man. You're the expert, Dr. Goodwin. All this talk of superstitions and curses is nonsense. Is there not a simpler scientific explanation? You are suggesting that Andrew has been running off for months, in the dead of night, no less, killing without compunction, with no memory of it? And who would be the wiser? Andrew is not crazy. He is sick. Yes, just like his parents. You. He. Which one of us is unwilling to see the obvious answer here, doctor? Good day, Mr. Weaver. I could feel his eyes burning into me as I walked away. Never had I let the words of a man rattle me as deeply as those of the detective. Yet, as strange a feeling as I had in that man's presence, as angry as I was... I had to admit to myself that perhaps the devil had a point. I saw the crack in my own armor then, and I knew, no matter what, in order to save Andrew, perhaps from himself, I had to get him away from that place and that detective. For all his cunning, there was something wrong with him. All the pieces were there in front of me. If only I had put them together sooner... The Lost Son, starring Bonnie Bugabitch as Emily Goodwin, Carter Callahan as Andrew Ballard, Ethan Goff as Mr. Weaver, and Josiah Robinson as Arthur Darrows. Featuring Esther Medina as the Tavern Keeper, with additional voices by Austin Dietrich, and Angelus Gonzalez. Audio production by Drew Kessler. Produced by Esther Medina and Ethan Goff. Written and directed by Cole Burgett.